This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Justin Lipton, who is the Regional Vice President, Services Delivery for Asia-Pacific of a business in America called Cooper Software. That's C-O-U-P-A, which is a NASDAQ-listed company. And uh, Justin, the reason we're talking to you is, well, not just the reason, but uh, you sold your business called Xari, which you started 20 years ago, to Cooper in June. And now you work for them. That's right. Pleasure to be here, Alan. Thanks for joining us. Now, um, uh, uh, you want an earn out? As as part of the deal, uh, can't can't really talk about that. But we're oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but look, uh, we're just really excited to be you know taken over by a, a company that's as exciting as Cooper. That's doing really amazing things in a much larger space than where we were playing with Xari. Yeah, right. So let's just well, let's talk about X, uh, Xari because oh, it's an interesting story. You started it what twenty years ago. That's right. Um, what was the idea? What was the business? So w- we started off thinking that. Document automation, the creation of contracts, was a really interesting space, particularly trying to get law firms to do things smarter, more efficiently. What we quickly realised was that law firms built by the hour, why would they want to do things faster, better, cheaper when they're, when they're earning by the hour? So we had to pivot and basically we started... How long did it take you to pivot? Uh, a good few years before we worked that out. So that that's one of the things we've really learned along the way is that you you have to change. You've you've got to be prepared to to fail and change your strategic direction as you go. So we started focusing on in-house legal where time and money correlate a lot better and that's when we really started to grow the business and move into more... Uh, so what exactly is the service or was the service? Yeah, it's really about automating contracts that are more what we call cookie cutter. You can really divide contracts into three major types. There are the really simple ones that are volume-based. Then there are ones that are what we call controlled negotiation where you're really negotiating the same things over and over but in a, in a way that's quite predictable. And that's the space where we played. And finally, there's the really high-end one-off contracts like you know, M&A type agreements that are very, very transaction specific and really need legal expertise to produce. So we focused on that middle column and had really good success. So in- what did you do with for the middle column? I mean, what does it mean to automate, do- uh, automate contracts? What does that mean? Sure. So really what you're doing is you're taking a contract, which is really just words on a page, what we call legalese, and adding business rules to it. So you're, you're adding things like, well, what if there's some state-specific regulation? Or what if you have some some terms that need to be in in certain situations and don't need to be others. And you could say things like a business user can just talk about the commercials of an agreement rather than having to worry about the legal terms and negotiate that without having to worry about what the legals are and not need a lawyer at all because the business logic is no, but that is doesn't sound automated. What's automated about it? Uh, it's automated from the perspective that you can just throw data at a document if, if the data is coming from another system and produce a legal document. Now, sometimes you might need to fill that in manually, and sometimes you'll pull it from another system, like a customer record management system or an ERP-type system. How do you charge? Is it a subscription to ongoing clients or a once-off payment? It's a subscription-based subscription-based model, SaaS-based model, which is you know, the, the way that most software companies are going these days. Right. So you're selling software. That's right. On a zero marginal cost 
kind of basis. Yeah, correct. Obviously, you're always trying to improve it, make it better, and add to your offering all the time so that you can compete. But yes, and so you founded that business. Yeah, there were there were a few of us that started at the beginning, and a couple of us dropped off along the way. But uh, me and my partner Jamie went all the way through to. Did you have to raise a lot of money, bring in investors? Uh, we we did along the way. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot of money, but we, yeah, we had some you know, some small rounds uh, early on, and then in 2008 we got investment from a, a US based private equity firm uh, called Beacon, and they uh, invested in us and started up our US operations, which was a, a very big change for us because servicing the US market from Australia is extremely difficult. Now, Cooper paid $215 million US, was it? Is that right? Yes, that was right. a, That was publicly announced, That's right. I think. Um, so did everyone make a lot of money? Uh, well, I'm, I'm really glad to say that virtually everyone in the company had some kind of stock uh, in it because that was really important to us that we wanted all our employees to be involved in the company and you know, have options along the way. And so, yeah, people were really happy with the result and we we're all really pleased with, can with you, the Can the you give us a sense of how big XRE was when you sold it? Yeah, sure. It was roughly 150-odd people uh, scattered around the world, most of those in the US and then followed by... So it was a global Atlanta. business It was based here yes. in Melbourne. That's right. It started in Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. Head office was in Boston. Head office in Boston. That's right. right. But you lived in Melbourne? Correct. Right. So tell us about the, the deal to sell to Cooper. Was, um, did they approach, approach you? Did you go through a process of putting the business up for sale? Uh, not, not really a formal process, but there was often interest in the companies, and, and this space was quite a fragmented one, and there are a lot of uh, deals that have been done in this space over the last couple of years. The legal technology space is something that it's really been quite fragmented. There's been a lot of interest in it. But Cooper found us because they had a need for the contract piece because all of spend management or procurement is basically founded on contracts. So extracting information out of contracts, being able to produce contracts is a really important piece of the puzzle for them. And so that's why a, they needed us. So they're a procurement business. Well, they, what we call business spend management. So right. it's basically all around how companies spend, optimising that spend uh, and creating value. So they rounds. weren't a competitor of XRE? No, they weren't. No. no. Um, and uh, so so now you work for them. Um, uh I think you sort of you, you dodged the question before about whether it's an earnout, but I, can I assume that you work for them because you want to, or you have to? I work for them because I want to. I think they're an incredibly exciting company. They're doing really, really interesting things uh, in, in a space that's actually a lot larger than what Exari was playing in, and now we're you know a, a smaller part of a much bigger, much bigger problem, and we can actually add value in in a much broader way than we could when we were just focused on. So legal is, and is Cooper an IT company? They are. Yeah, they're a product company as well, SaaS-based company. Right. Uh, they've got thousands of clients all around the world. And this region here in Australia is a is a, a growing region. So that that's why I'm excited to be part of that. So in a way, um, both XRE and Cooper are part of the, the sort of the digital revolution and the way the digital uh, activity is really kind of encroaching on everything. Is that is that fair to, uh, fair comment? Absolutely, and and I think it's probably the the least you know what I call sexy part of of the you know, this IT revolution. It's the business to business part. Like people tend to focus on the consumer facing applications that we all use every day, but the business to business part is where there's there's real value that the businesses can get that affect their right down to the bottom line by 
automating business processes that are currently done manually. And there's so much opportunity there that's yet to be realised. So how much, um, so, so the, what Cooper does is procurement or uh, business what, uh, spend, business right. spend management? How does that get automated and, and digitised? Sure. So th- there's a whole lot of uh, areas there, but really there's a whole lot of manual processes that typically businesses go through. So it's right through from uh, purchase orders, invoices, receipts, matching all of those up, making sure that people get suppliers get paid on time, onboarding the suppliers. And then there's a whole lot of efficiencies you can gain once you get that happening all electronically. For example, you can give uh, – suppliers will give discounts based on accelerated payment terms, for example. So if it's 14 days rather than 30 days, you can get a discount. And there's uh, another area that's interesting is because this is a platform, there's all this community intelligence that can be garnered from roughly $1.5 trillion of spend that that Cooper manages worldwide. So they have something called a business spend index, which is an indicator of how all of these companies are spending in real time. And anyone can go to that and slice it vertically and see how that spend is going. And that is believed to be a leading economic indicator. What does the business spend index tell you? It's basically telling you whether spend is going up, whether it's going down oh, it's, by, it's, by it's industry. A, it's sort of an economic indicator. It's an economic indicator. So wow. The, yeah, these are the sorts of things. I want that a graph really of it for the news. Come on. You, you can go there. Anyone can actually go to the Cooper site and have a look at what that indicator is doing in, in real time. Right. I'm going to do that. That's good. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so you're there. You're in Cooper. You're, you've basically pivoted your life. Is that right? I have, but I still feel Suddenly like I'm doing. I'm doing the same sort of thing. It's just in a much yeah, yeah, broader but, space. More people. Yeah, but you work for someone else now, as opposed to working for yourself. I do, but you're always working for someone else. Really, I, at at the end of the day, what really matters is making sure that your customers are getting value from your solutions. And if you're focusing on that, you're working for your customers, and that's what we really care about. Yeah, right. Oh, well, that's uh, that's good to hear. <laughs> that's good to hear. Well, it's been great talking to you, Justin. Thanks a lot for coming in. Thanks, Alan. It's been a pleasure. I've been talking to Justin Lipton, who is the Regional Vice President of Services Delivery for Asia Pacific for Cooper Software and the founder of Exari.